You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Benny and the Bets. What's happening, people? It is super wild card weekend as we get set here on Benny and the Bets with our friend Alex Gold. He, of course, the co-host Cody and Gold right here on Sixth Sense Sports Radio in Kansas City. You can also hear him nationally on the BetQL Network and also on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, he's actually doing this show like live from the new and improved Hollywood Casino uh, out there in KCK. So not only are you there where uh, uh, all the craziness is happening, Alex, but uh, I feel like this is as ideal of a time to uh, get something last minute in uh, before all the games kick off. Like you can just go right to the counter, probably even beat me to my phone uh, to get the bets in. So I appreciate you making time for us as always. Of course, man. Yeah, always fun to be on with you. You come on my show as well. It's a great time to be talking sports betting. As we know, Still, a lot, it's still fairly new to a lot of people that are watching or are listening. You know, we're still, what, a year and a half plus into this thing in, in the state of Kansas. And now you're, you're experiencing playoff NFL football from a betting perspective. And yeah, going to a sports book during the playoffs, a whole different animal. And they got plenty of kiosks here behind me. And certainly, yeah, you go right up to the counter as well. And I know, I mean, no matter what you're trying to, to, to lay action on, uh, they got to take care of. Yeah, I, what I'm actually curious about is... Now that uh, the renovations are complete, um, are, are people still gravitating more towards the kiosks, or are they still on their phones at the sportsbook betting in real time? Is there sort of like this, what do I do? Like, I can either go one way or another. Yeah, I think it's a little mixed. I mean, there'll, there'll be times, though, if you get closer to game time, I mean, I don't know, you got maybe 15 kiosks. I mean, they'll be full. Right now, it's just, it's, it's just a little empty right the second, but... Uh, no, the kiosk will fill up. The thing with the reason why I personally, I'm always about just going on my phone while I'm here most of the time. Um, if because a lot of times what will happen, and it's fine, but you know, people will stand at the kiosk and they'll they'll shop for 20 minutes at the kiosk. Um, you know, it's kind of you know, I understand the counter, you're supposed to have your bet and you make it. The kiosk, you know, you uh, you get a little more freedom, but sometimes uh, it's not the quickest process. So uh, I, I I usually don't go kiosk if I'm being out. No, I listen. I I feel like when you're there, you, you got to do it once just to be able to cross. Yeah, you got to get the paper ticket, man. I trust me. I love the paper ticket. Yeah, yeah. There, like there's there's something nice about actually being able to hold on to it and then cash it immediately. Hold that bill in your hand. So uh, always a great experience to be able to head on out there. And I know that you guys have been doing some live shows out there uh, on Wednesday nights as well. So uh, if you get a chance, make sure you go and uh, follow Alex on well on Twitter on X at Alex Gold. Uh, and also head on out over to uh, Hollywood to go see his show live and in person. So here's us on the docket today. This is going to be a super wild card weekend show. We're going to talk a little cheese. We're going to talk a little Dolphins. First portion of the show. Then we'll flip the script. We'll go the rest of the games in the second half of the show. Get into maybe some props as well. Um, but before we do that, I, I'm curious because you have the, the two top guys from one of the futures that I think a lot of us were having some some serious debate about um, into Wild Card Weekend, and they're actually going up head to head in this matchup. Um, we'll get into the actual game itself, but I know that Stefanski ended the season as the Coach of the Year favorite. The way in which the the Texans finished the season now are hosting that home playoff game. Do you see any sort of scenario, especially with the narrative kind of getting pushed last minute on D'Amico Ryan's? 
that he ends up overtaking Stefanski uh, in that coach of the year decision, even though the odds basically would tell you that it's 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 a done deal. Yeah, no, I think one thing to point out just for for people watching is we you know these awards are regular season awards, right? So you know, if Demiko Ryan's beats Kevin Stefanski head to head, you know, this weekend, it's not gonna it's not gonna play a role in that. But I I do think Heist, when you look at the the coach of the year market heading into what the Texans were up against, which was the Colts last Saturday, and then ultimately needing the Jags. Uh, the fact that Jacksonville lost that game and now the Texans are AFC South champs, I, I do think it is open. It, it's a toss-up at this point. You know, I, I thought Kevin Stefanski kind of had locked it up. I think most people did based on what he's done with the quarterback off his couch and winning 11 games and all of that. And so, like, nobody else had as strong of a case. Um, but, man, if you're a rookie head coach and, and, and one of the qualifiers, I think, a lot of times is did you win your division to win coach of the year? He did that with a rookie quarterback that also missed time, by the way, and you lost your top wide receiver. Uh, I will have no problem with D'Amico Ryan's winning it. And I actually think if the voters didn't uh, truly make up their mind before the last weekend, if they were actually waiting for the whole season to play out, then I do think D'Amico Ryan's is actually the coach of the year. Hmm. I, I think there's a very legitimate argument for both of them. I personally am hoping that it's still D'Amico just because of the preseason bet that I had on him at 25-1. to 1. It still jumped on Satsansky at 14 Nice. So I feel like I'm, I'm in a nice spot regardless of whatever the outcome might that. be. Um, but I, I think it just goes to show you, like, if you can still put that type of performance on with Joe Flacco coming off the couch at that type of position, listen, Stroud's a special talent, and you still have to give Ryan its credit, uh, along with Bobby Sloak, for his development in year one. You saw the difference he made coming back. It's, while it's unfortunate, it almost feels like it's going to go against Ryan's uh, for that type of situation just because we tend to overvalue the quarterback position anyway. Sometimes the argument can actually go against him here. I think because of Flacco coming in, that gives it a little bit more credit to Stefanski. Offensive-based system, they've also lost Nick Chubb, several other key offensive weapons throughout the course of the year as well. Fascinating debate. We'll get into that game coming up uh, in just about 10 minutes or so here on the show. All right, so I, I think there's so many different areas that you can start for Chiefs and Dolphins. Um, initial read on the game for you. Um, obviously, total has continued to dip, opened up around 46, has since gone down to as low as 44 over a drafting. And, converse, and conversely, we've seen the line move for Kansas City all the way up toward minus four. Some books have it at minus four and a half at home. First gut reaction when you saw this line open, your reaction was, you know, what I saw for a brief second, you know, that the Chiefs were one and a half and the Chiefs were minus three, even as the night went along on Sunday, I, I did feel like that was great value. I thought it was incredible value. I did get on the Chiefs at minus three. I wish I would have had them at minus one and a half. But I think we, we know why that happened. I mean, look, everybody was watching that Sunday night football game and the Dolphins looked like a mess, you know, and they had guys dropping all over the place on that field due to injury. And I think then you had everybody take a little peek at the weather forecast. They're like, wait a second. They've seen some South Beach coming to Kansas City, and it's going to be negative 10, negative 20 windshield. So I think that was the, the first reaction a lot of people had. It was certainly my reaction. Uh, the, the part that I loved the most, though, Ice, honestly, was the total more than the spread. And what I'm actually more confident in was the total. I, I got it at 45. Um, it's at 44 here inside of Hollywood. And at one point, it was 47, man. Very high number. Two, I have a number. And it's not just the weather factor, right? It's the Chiefs offense that I, I just because they look good against Cincinnati, who's one of the worst defenses in football, I don't think suddenly they fixed everything. I think there's still some concerns, no doubt, offensively for Kansas City. Uh, the weather, no doubt, factors in on top of that. And then 
the Dolphins, I mean, just Tua, like, you know, quality competition. What do they look like against playoff teams? And when they play good teams, it's not like they're losing by a little. I mean, their point differential is like negative 90 in those games against the playoff teams. So I, I actually really like the, the total. I just think the Chiefs, even their pace of play might surprise people. They were toward the bottom of the league this year, just in like pace of play and even though they're passing the ball. And in this game, the game script to me, I think both teams are going to want to run, which favors, of course, a, a total going under a little bit. Yes, I, I agree with you. We'll get into sort of the, 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 again, the discussion as to why the under is likely to play, even with the movement so far. The, the temperature, I think, is something that, and we talked about this actually um, on your show on Wednesday, um, I think it's getting a bit inflated in the sense that you're going to see the stat of uh, all the Dolphins issues going all the way back to 2017 when it comes to cold weather games. I, I think the stat that you really have to pay attention to is not about the Dolphins over the last five, six years. It should be focused on how Mike McDaniel and Tua Tagovailoa have played together. So the stat that it's been going around is that since 2017, the Dolphins are 0-11 overall with a temperature below 40 and 1-17 overall when it's below 49. But McDaniel and Tagovailoa have only played in one game under 32 degrees in their two years together, and that was a 32-29 loss in Buffalo back in Week 15. Miami was a seven-point dog in that game. It was a total of 43. They covered and they went over. I think the weather is going to be what actually gives an advantage for better here because I think you're going to see that slide. We're going to see the so win-loss numbers, and people are going to panic, and they're going to take Kansas City, and they're going to take the under. I, I think if this number gets low enough, Alex, there might be some value on a first half over because both of these teams are going to have straw up game plans and a good script coming out of the game. Sometimes I feel like the trend leads one people in one direction, and it's a good opportunity to sag when everybody else is sick. As you, as you know, I see, you know, when we're talking about weather, too, and there's not going to be any precipitation, and that's usually not the factor. It's the wind, right? We're talking about temperature and, and what the wind is. I think we automatically sometimes look at weather like, oh, it's going to be raining or it's going to be snowing. Oh, it must just be a low-scoring game. Well, we're not going to have snow during this game. We are talking about wind in this game with the wind chill and, and the wind factor, and we obviously hear about bitter cold temperatures. But, you know, you're, you're, when you look at the Dolphins, I, I saw this the other day, Mike McDaniel, they were trying to simulate weather. And you like, you can't do that in Miami. I mean, yeah. their indoor facility, the AC goes down to 50 degrees, okay? It's going to be maybe a windshield of 70 degrees colder than that on Saturday night. So, yeah, is there an advantage for the Chiefs compared to the Dolphins? The Chiefs are practicing outside. Uh, I think they didn't on Tuesday, but they did on Wednesday and will the rest of the week. Um so that is an advantage. I mean, your body just can't possibly prepare. We had Ross Tucker on, former offensive lineman in the league, and obviously you're well aware of. He'll be you know, on the call for Westwood One in Kansas City. And he was saying just in his days playing, like you play in these temperatures, and you really, you really can't prepare for it. And even offensive linemen, we always think love cold weather games. No, he says they hate it. No, he's like it's still you don't love it, and that you have to take a cold shower after the game because your skin can't handle the hot water because your skin feels like it's burning. Like it's just miserable. Everybody's gonna be miserable there. Um, and, and so I, I think what you said about the trend of 10 years is, is true. You know, a lot of times we'll mention something that happened for an organization 15 years ago. Has no bearing Correct. whatsoever on Tua in this case or Mike McDaniel. And so I, I'm with you. I think that's important to point out. Like, 
what happens to the Dolphins when they were just a crappy team in 2013 anyway shouldn't matter in 2024. Do you buy the Dolphins' issues in, in being able to at least contend with winning teams? Two is two and nine straight up, three and seven and one against the spread, um, versus winning teams in road and neutral games. And they have not covered in those games either. Um, via Abin Abrams of the Action Network, he's failed to cover the spread by just under 12 points per game. Uh, to me, in particular with some of those road numbers against quality teams, that's to me is the is the more damning stat here. The other reason that I think I'm not really ready to completely rule out Miami and at least covering this game, I still expect Kansas City to win. Um, I trust Miami's ability to run the ball because of the weather. I almost feel like it's going to force themselves into that scenario. And while the Chiefs' defense has been remarkable, if there has been an issue for them at friends this year, he has been stopping the run. And I trust Miami to do that probably as well as any team in the league. The question for them is whether or not that offensive line and their weapons on the outside are going to be healthy enough to make that happen. Yeah, so I, I do buy the struggles against playoff teams. I mean, I do think that is real because of what you said about the margin. I mean, it's not just loot like the Chiefs. I mean, the Chiefs don't have a great record against playoff teams. I think it's one in four against playoff teams. But you know, the Lions was a, what, a one or two point loss. The Eagles was an MVS drop. I mean, you go through and you, you can see very easily they were one catch away or one non-penalty away from winning those. Whereas the Dolphins, and I, I looked it up, to it is negative 91 is their scoring differential against these playoff teams. I mean, that that's that's a problem. Um, does Mike McDaniel lead on the run more? I, I hear you with that. Could that benefit them? Because yes, the Chiefs up the middle have been vulnerable. I wonder, basically, who, who's more selfish or arrogant, I guess is the right word, from a play caller perspective in this game? Is it Andy Reid or is it Mike McDaniel? Because we know they both want to be creative and pass the football deep down. Is Andy willing to run the ball, Isaiah Pacheco, or run the ball 25, 30 times? Is Mike McDaniel willing to do the same? Now, I would think Mike McDaniel's more likely because he comes from Kyle Shanahan and he was the run game coordinator for Shanahan. And whether it's Mostert or HN or Jeff Wilson, I think they can just run the ball. The scheme is that good. Is Andy Reid willing to do it? That's my, like, if you're actually what my concern is for the Chiefs, you know, they've had these offensive issues, but truly, I think this is a game where they need a run as well. And I'm nervous that Andy Reid may not be willing to run the ball as much as he should and gets a little cute. Uh, and I call, I've always called it play calling arrogance from Andy Reid at times. That's a really, really interesting debate as to whether or not who's going to try to out creative themselves when the actual scenario for this matchup calls for the complete opposite, right? Like just go ahead and put yourselves in opportunities, opportunistic spots uh, early in downs, convert on third down. I mean, you have a Miami team for as good as they are offensively. Um, they were bottom five in the NFL in converting on fourth down. So if you put them in a lot of these different third long spots, they've been good on third down, but if they're fourth and short, yeah, that, that's going to be a serious problem because, again, the Chiefs have been really good at stopping teams on third down, on fourth down, and we know their numbers in yards per play and in yard and points per play. So we know how you're leaning for this matchup. Uh, leaning very heavily, and you've already bet on the under so far. Uh, do you have a play? Is there a number that you like on the spread that you feel more secure about? And then what about on the prop side for this matchup as well? Yeah, so, you know, three was the number for the Chiefs. Uh, I, I just had a small quick bet earlier in the week because I wondered if the line would go up. I'll be honest, now at, at, at four and a half, you know, it's not something that I am all that interested in betting. Um, with with the Chiefs in that four and a half, I, I think that that number you're starting to get into territory where 
perhaps you would consider um, taking Miami even. Um, and you and I talked on my show, do we see more line movement uh, come from here? You know, do, do we see as we get closer to Saturday night that the Dolphins get up to five or five and a half? And that's that's when, when you might have to take more of a peek at, at the Dolphins. But it's more of the prop side for me if we're talking other bets. I, I do love two props uh, for the Chiefs ice. Um, based off what we were just talking about, game script, and it's Isaiah Pacheco, his total. Um, and I, I think he's in for another 17 to 20-plus rush attempts at minimum. Even without the weather, they've been giving him the ball about 15 times a game anyway. There's no Jarek McKinnon, as he's still on IR. I'm sure Clyde will get a little work. So I like Isaiah's prop. Um, I'm not sure what the number is at DraftKings, but I believe we're looking around 65 yards or so, something like that for Pacheco. Uh, on the ground. So that's that's a prop that I really like just based off of the game script as, as we were kind of discussing. Yeah, and right now, actually, DK is a bit on the higher side. Uh, it's 66 and a half. So I, I would okay. encourage people to, to shop around a little bit. I'm still seeing it as low as 62 and a half across the local books uh, over on the Kansas side. So shop around, uh, make sure you get the best number there. But if uh, you're looking on the under for Pacheco, uh, DK is definitely the spot that you want to be in. Uh, I'm on a different running back. I, I like Devonta Chain. Um, I think that's going to be uh, a play that I like as far as uh, a rushing touchdown is concerned. Um, you know, right now, he's available at plus 190 to get himself into the end zone. Still waiting on some of his other rushing numbers to come out. Um, but they really used him effectively in the red zone. And again, I, I do expect Miami to be pretty heavy run uh, in this matchup as well. Should be a fun game. Uh, I would encourage those of you to uh, probably watch it uh, from the comforts of your house as long as you can uh, find Peacock uh, wherever you get your oh, uh Or you can listen to the game uh, on the uh, Odyssey family of networks on uh, 106. That's, right. Well, That's right. Look, and we'll- I, I'll tell you this, man, though. Uh, the Peacock controversy of 2024 is, is wild. I, I, you know, I, don't, I don't get it. I really don't. If you're in Kansas City... You're good. If you're okay, in KC, you're good. Watch it on 41. You're good to go. If you're outside of Kansas City, I get the frustration. And I'm not trying to act like we should, shouldn't should care about spending money, but it's six bucks. It is six dollars. And un- unfortunately, it's probably where things are headed anyway. NFL is one of the few sports that uh, and leagues that we can watch without paying extra for anyway. And we're spoiled by that. But um, it's just bizarre to me to see the freak out. Like, if you're in KC, why do you care? Do you? Th- I don't. I don't think there would be a freak out if if we're a regular season game, like Thursday night football. People got used to it for Amazon Prime for the last couple of years. Right. Correct me if I'm wrong. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. I I don't believe you actually need to pay for Prime to watch those games. I just think you need to download the app. But I, I could uh, be wrong. I don't know. I think I, I think you do have to. I, I think you do have to pay for Prime. But again, if the game is local, you can still get it on your local in Martin, Philly. And like that's what's weird. In, in a weird way, the fact that Chiefs are on Peacock, I would argue, because one of the playoff games is going to be on Peacock, no matter what. Um, you're actually getting a break. What I mean by that is, in Kansas City, you know, you're not going to have to pay for Peacock to watch an NFL playoff game this weekend. Well, you know how Chiefs fans are. They they always need to find something to to, to get upset and, and rally the troops by. And you know, there's there's always gonna be something. There's no respect for for Kansas City and Mahomes and and That's Kelsey right. and and for all the Taylor Swift fans that are just trying to you know get in on the fun. Um, they're they're gonna find something. All right, so we've got our bets for Kansas City and for Miami on Saturday night. Uh, wherever you end up watching that game. Uh, whether it be locally uh, or on Peacock, I certainly encourage you to do the best <laughs> for for you here. 
We're going to take a quick break. On the other side with our guy Alex Gold of Sixth Sense Sports Radio from BetQL and CBS Sports Radio as well. We'll go through the rest of Super Wild Card Weekend. Stay with us. This is Benny and the Bets presented by PXG. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, welcome back, everybody. It is Benny in the Bets, Alex Gold from Cody and Gold on 610 Sports Radio, as well as BetQL and CBS Sports Radio. Uh, you guys should be checking him out and following him uh, on Twitter, on X, at Alex Gold. I believe it, it's, it's Alex Gold, like, across the board, right? All the different social media networks. I think Instagram, unfortunately, some other Alex Gold existed. So I had, I had to go with the, uh, the, the Alex KC Gold. I got the KC in there. Uh, but yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, that happened. I don't know. Nah, well, we'll we'll have to we'll have to think of your word and uh, see if that other Alex Gold is uh, willing to change some stuff up. So, um, we we talked about this briefly at the start of the show in the Coach of the Year matchup. It always feels like whenever Houston uh, gets into the playoffs, um, they always end up getting that Saturday afternoon game. I, I remember right. the the Alex Smith game where they they shut out. It was a Bill O'Brien game against Houston. Oh, the Nile Davis. Returning yes, to when the Nile Davis game, <laughs> the Red Sea split for the Nile. It was it was a delight. Um, Houston at home, obviously a much more entertaining team to watch this year. They're a two and a half point home dog to Cleveland. Um, the the Browns have had some intriguing home road splits, especially on defense. Um, and I think it's part of the reason that the total is as high as it is. It's indoors. It's in Houston. Um, you've gotten a lot of big plays from both C.J. Stroud as well as from Joe Flacco. And I'm curious to get your perspective on this matchup, whether or not we could be looking at maybe a long day for a rookie quarterback who finally starts to look like a rookie, um, whether Joe Flacco finally turns back into a pumpkin, uh, whether the total just feels like it's a little bit too inflated because it's indoors. Give me your overall perspective and and where you might be leaning uh, for this game and for this matchup. So, look, I, I was skeptical about C.J. Stroud when he got to step up in competition with some of these defenses down the stretch. I wanted to see what he would do, especially when you lose Tank Dell. I mean, you're, you're talking about taking your number one playmaker away from a rookie quarterback with the first-year head coach. It would be understandable if you would have some struggles. Uh, but to C.J. Stroud's credit, the game that kind of sold me, and bear with me, I know if I say the team name, they're like, what are you talking about? The Jets game was the game that actually kind of sold me. Uh, it, it's because of that defense. And... Um, I know the Jets as a football team as a whole haven't been great, but we know that's a legit defense. You got Sauce Gardner and company, and and they beat them up pretty good, the, the Texans did, uh, against New York. And, and so for me, that 
that was a game that actually changed my opinion a little bit on what uh, Houston was going to be able to do uh, this season and specifically the postseason. So I'm not thinking that Stroud's going to turn into a pumpkin. Um, I still think it's a big challenge, though, because right now you look at what Flacco's developed with David and Joku, and, and that is the stutter. Like, Joku's been the best tight end in football, right? I mean, I don't know the exact stats, but I believe he has the last five weeks, whatever, how many games has been uh, since Joe Flacco took over. And, and that's a huge development to where now you have Amari Cooper and in the middle of the field, you have a big target like that. So um, I, I, this is a game, I'll be honest, I, I know – you know, you see big numbers in the Bills and Steelers game. This is actually the toughest one for me to figure out this week. And um, it, it's probably the game I'm, I'm having the least amount of action on. Um, I think it's going to be a great game. I'm intrigued by it. I think CJ Stroud's a great story. They might be the next up-and-coming AFC contender next year. I'm sure CJ Stroud's going to be a very popular MVP bet. Um, yeah. But I, this one, I, I'm probably not really betting a spread, I'll be honest. Um, if I had to, I would probably lean Texans, though. So... I, you and I both talked about it on your show as well. We both like Njoku to to go on his over. Um, it's anywhere between 54.5 to 56.5. 54.5 is maybe a little bit uh, heavily juiced, depending on what book you look at. But uh, the numbers are consistent. Houston's had issues at, at covering the tight end spot throughout most of the season. The The number is what is confusing to me, right? Because the, the numbers for rookie quarterbacks in this scenario uh, have not gone well. Um CJ Stroud, fourth rookie ever to face the number one defense in the playoffs. The previous three went 0 and 3. Um, since 1990, rookie quarterbacks 11 and 18 straight up in the postseason, 4 and 11 straight up over the last decade. Um, they've also have not covered the spread 5, 7, and 1 in those numbers as well. If you buy into Cleveland defense showing up, unless you just buy into the fact that Stroud is like that much of a dude. And the public is just buying in on him so much. I, I guess I'm just surprised that it hasn't moved to three at this point because I I thought that sharps would be all over Cleveland, and right now the betting seems pretty split. I, I think some of it has to do. We've been waiting for Flacco to to look like a guy that came off his couch, and he you know you like you said as we were talking earlier, like the the interceptions are going to be there for for the Texans. If like I I will be stunned if the Texans don't get a pick of Flacco. In this game, the question is, is that directly leading to six points or seven points? And are they able to capitalize? Because I, I think he could be had, and it's not its not an area in which the Browns have had to pay for so far. Like, Flacco, it's a great story, but, it, you know, he, he's throwing picks. And so, can you continue to get away with it? And, and I, I do think it's a, it's an area where you tell me that Flacco um, goes on a deep run and ends up playing in Baltimore in the AFC title game, or the divisional round weekend, I guess it would be. Um, and looks great, or is he going to completely throw three or four picks, Texans score two touchdowns off of them, and they don't recover, and the story is over? Like, I, I don't think there's an in-between. Like, I, I don't think Cleveland can win with Flacco throwing three picks and throwing three touchdowns, and they beat the Texans. Like, I, I, I think it's one or the other. He's either going to have to throw three touchdowns in, in, in one pick or no picks, or it's going to be the opposite. I, I just don't think he can – I think he does have to actually protect the ball better than he has. As far as Pittsburgh and Buffalo goes, it's another large double-digit spread where I think you can talk about in Josh Allen's career, he's actually been fairly successful in covering large spreads. Buffalo in general have been good. But historically, the trend will tell you that a large spread and a very low total, more often than not, you're going to want to lean towards the underdog. And then there's um, 
And then there's Mike Tomlin's numbers as a every dog over the course of his career. I, if this, if JJ Watt were or not JJ Watt, if TJ Watt was playing in this game, Alex, to me, this would be a no brainer. Lean on the Steelers to cover the number. They've been good enough, and I trust Tomlin's ability in these spots because there's just been enough of a sample size. Uh, and Buffalo tends to make things a little bit too close than they likely should. Um, ten feels like that's the right number. If it gets to ten and a half, it's probably going to be an auto bet for me to take Pittsburgh. I won't feel good about it. But the trend just tells you that that low of a total, you got to take that many points with the gets an underdog here. Uh, and I think Tomlin probably puts me over the top as well. But do you think this is a Buffalo runaway, or do you think Pittsburgh makes it a little bit too close? Yeah, so not enough to where I would take Buffalo minus ten. I'll tell you that. It's, we're talking about runaway. I mean, I think they. I think Buffalo still. The game's never really in doubt. I don't think anybody's going to be concerned that Pittsburgh is going to actually beat Buffalo. Um, I, I think it's going to be a point where it's consistently at least a touchdown margin throughout much of the game. But I, I don't think we're seeing you know, a, a 14-point win necessarily by Buffalo. You mentioned T.J. Watt. I mean, it's one thing to, to have the offensive issues. It's another thing to lose your best player on the field. Um, and that's exactly what the Steelers did. And you know, the, the, the total at 36 and a half, too, as you were laying out, and when you see a total for the game like that, it also kind of tells you you got to be careful. Um, and let's not get ourselves. I mean, this is a Buffalo offense. I understand they've been better with Ken Dorsey got out of the picture and Joe Brady take it over. But uh, there's a lot of metrics, Ice, where they're still just middle of the road. Talking about the Bills' offense. Yep. You know, I mean, they're, you know, they're 12th to 15th in a lot of categories. Um, they got Stephon Diggs a little more involved on uh, Sunday night against Miami. But he's not been the same guy in large part because they have decided to run the ball more. Um, you know, there's a chance also weather's a factor here um, with the, the winter weather and northeast storm. We don't know for sure exactly what it's going to look like 100% yet. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think you can take Buffalo minus 10. Um, that's not to say that I'm taking Pittsburgh plus 10 either. I just I just don't think it's enough. This is maybe a teaser spot. Um, if you want to look at the the Packer and Cowboys game, which we can talk to uh, talk about, I'm sure. Like Maybe this is your spot where Personally, do you tease Buffalo down or, you know, on the flip side, you tease, tennis, tease uh, uh, Pittsburgh up to, to 16, um, and then you tease the uh, the Cowboys down? Those would be two areas that I would look, actually, to attack. Hmm. Buffalo is a teaser. I, it's it's not a traditional spot just because you're not getting it past seven and three. No. But because it's Pittsburgh, because there's no TJY, and you just get it down to a reasonable number. And, and by the way, I was wrong, actually, on Josh, Al Josh Allen. I'm always used to seeing Buffalo cover a lot of these big games, but if you actually look at some of the numbers for, for Josh Allen, um, over the course of, of the last several games of his career, he has not covered double-digit spreads going all the way back to October of 2022. He's lost seven consecutive games against the spread as a double-digit favorite. So pretty surprising number given what we typically have become accustomed to uh, with this Buffalo team. So let's let's transition then. You mentioned the Dallas Cowboys, seven and a half point favorite at home against Green Bay. Um, a bit surprising here, given that you have a Packers team that's coming in, playing really good football. Uh, Jordan Love has looked like he's going to be a legit quarterback for the future. This is supposed to be a rebuilding year for Green Bay, uh, and he's come in and, and really shown the part. At the same time, it's a Dallas team that, as you mentioned, they've been so dominant in homes. They've been so good. But seven and a half? with the better coach on the other side of the field and a quarterback who's playing really confidently right now, I, I think that's too high of a number even for a Dallas team at home. I, I like Green Bay plus seven and a half. The hook will get you. you know, I think that's what's concerning. 
uh, with the Dallas Cowboys, and, and that's why you know I, I do think maybe we disagree on the which game to tease it with. Um, but Dallas is just so good at home. I, I just I would be stunned. I know everybody wants to make the Cowboys jokes, but stunned if they lose this game at home based on how they have performed at home and based on how good Dak Prescott's been for, I don't know, 90%, 95% of this season. I mean, he, let's not forget, he was a favorite as, like, so were other, other guys at one point this year, but he was a favorite for MVP, a le- legit favorite for MVP at one point this season. And the connection that him and C.D. Lamb have, you know, Dak led the league in passing touchdowns uh, this season. So I just don't believe at home you're going to see the Cowboys offensively not have success against the Green Bay defense that is playing a little bit better, playing a little bit better the last couple weeks, but I, I still can't get some of those images about what the Packers had looked like majority of the season defensively out of my mind. And so, uh, I, you know, the, the, the hook scares you. I'd buy the half point. Honestly, I have no problem. I'd, I'd buy the half point and pay the juice um, on Dallas. I, I do think this is a game that Dallas can, can cover and Dallas can win. If this game, uh, you know, was on the road, it's a completely different story as we've seen with the Cowboys. But I, I think Dallas is ready in this spot. It's it's a tough call only because the the hook is that intriguing of a play. And you're right, like Dallas can run away with this if they want to. Green Bay's had some issues defensively, and they've been exposed. I mean, Carolina put up 30 plus points uh, on the Packers before, so it can be done. And then if you're talking about a Panthers team being able to do it, then certainly the Cowboys at home with Ceedee Lamb and Jair Alexander not looking anything like the the top tier corner that we've expected him to be for the last you know year or so. Um, you might make me rethink this a little bit. I, I'm still leaning Green Bay, but certainly some compelling points. But I, I don't know if you can feel this, Alex. Um, there, there's there's a little bit of electricity. Do you, do you feel this? Because DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that'll help make the playoffs electrifying. Because new customers uh, can bet 5 bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. So... If you're looking to go ahead and jump in on this Kansas City Chiefs game against the Miami Dolphins in the frigid uh, GEHA field at Arrowhead Stadium, curious to go ahead and and take Kansas City at minus four. Uh, Or if you're looking to go ahead and and jump on the under, like myself and Alex with 44, you can do that over at DraftKings Sportsbook. And again, here's what you do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code KCSN. New customers can bet just five bucks. Get 200 instantly in bonus bets. It's only on DraftKings Sportsbook. Use the code KCSN. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problems with gambling. Just call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varied by certain fiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after they are issued. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right. Two more on the board, Alex. Go to the Sunday night game. The so-called revenge game, if you want. To me, I think it's honestly more of a revenge game for Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions uh, going up against Sean McVay than it is for Matthew Stafford. Um, you know, Stafford has a lot of love for that city of Detroit. They love him, too. Um, but right now it's just, it's a unique spot. I love the Rams. You can still find them at three and a half with a little bit more juice. Um, I, I just like the coaching matchup. I like that McVay knows golf better than anybody. Um, and I can see this being a scenario in which Stafford comes in, makes some late throws, 
Uh, Detroit's had some issues in their secondary over the final portion of the season. Sam Laporta's issue with his health could be a factor. I think three and a half is too high here, even with Detroit playing all their starters the previous week to get momentum in the postseason. Well, and I, it cost them by playing those starters with Sam Laporta, who's not yet been officially ruled out, but still I, I would be stunned if he's playing in this game on Sunday night, and that's a huge, huge loss for one of the best tight ends in football. I'm I'm on the Rams th- at three, and, and yeah, if you can find three and a half, you're, you're feeling good. Look, I, I am maybe sick for thinking this way about this whole game. I am absolutely rooting for the storyline of Matthew Stafford going into Detroit and crushing the dreams of Lions fans. And I know someone said to me earlier, my co-host actually, Cody said to me, he's like, shouldn't you be rooting for Detroit after all everything Chiefs fans used to go through? And I, I get that. I understand that. But Detroit won the division. It's been 30 years. That's great. At some point, though, when you become good, we learned it quickly. You're not the lovable story anymore. And I don't know when that's going to happen for the Lions. Maybe they go on a run and then everybody hates them next year. I'm not sure. But I, I think Matthew Stafford going in there, you have to be a villain at times in sports. Some of the great storylines in sports are villains. I would love for Matthew Stafford to be said villain this Sunday night and go in there and go into Ford Field and, and beat the Detroit Lions. And um, I will have a little sprinkle on the money line, I'm sure, by the time I get to kickoff. Right now, I don't. Just the Rams plus three. I agree with you about the McVay angle with golf. I also just think Matthew Stafford, fly, let's be honest, is the better quarterback. If this is a close game, and I think it's going to be a close game, you know, the, the basic thing, close games, I'm going to go with the better quarterback who's going to make better decisions late. Jared Goff has had a really nice season. Absolutely. Ben Johnson's a great offensive coordinator. He's going to be head coach here in a couple weeks. Goff still turns the ball over, man. He had a stretch at one point this season uh, where I think he turned it over eight times in four games or something. You can you, you will fumble the football. Um, and I, I do think the Rams can get after him in that way, and he, he struggles to protect the football, and I think that's a big key to watch, and I, I think that could be a deciding factor in this one. He's been the most profitable quarterback to bet on it over the last several years, which is, which is an absolutely wild stat. And since 2022, Jared Goff 24-10 and 10 against the spread. In indoor games, he's 25-8 and 8 against the spread over the last three years, and yet better quarterback is on the other side. Better head coach, I believe, in Sean McVay is on the other side as well. There's just been too many questionable decisions, both Jared Goff and taking care of the football, and Dan Campbell the last couple of weeks in Detroit for me to feel really secure about him. Um, yeah, the Rams have some issues defensively, but they've shored up a lot, and the weapons on offense are very legitimate. Kyron Williams is probably the most unsung running back, I would say, in the NFL this year. He had a remarkable year. And then you have a healthy Stafford, Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. Puka just set the, the all-time rookie receiving record. Um, and it's being discussed as an afterthought. So I, I really do like the Rams here, I think especially with the hook. That's going to be the play. Um, the other thing, too, is that the pros are on that side as well, Alex. And looking at some of the latest Visa notes, um, you have the Rams getting 79% of the bet of the excuse me, of the money coming in, uh, 63% of the bets. Um Pros are moving this line, and if you can still find it at three and a half, I, I have a hard time seeing it there. The public will come in probably on the Lions just for the feel-good story, um, but I, I think we're on the right side here. Last one on the docket, you have the Eagles right now as a three-point favorite on the road against Tampa Bay. The, the Eagles have looked like one of the worst teams, if not the worst team in football, over their last five games, and the trend indicates that if you play this crummy 
going into the postseason, you're not going to have a very long postseason. At the same time, Baker's had some moxie. They've had some good wins. They've had a key win. But the, the offense isn't humming the way that we saw at home uh, from a handful of weeks ago. They're still dealing with some injuries. Baker's banged up. Um, and their defense still is bad. And this feels like a get-right spot to me for Philadelphia, for Jalen Hurts, for A.J. Brown, uh, for the rest of that receiving game. I think they go nuts on Philadelphia. I think they go nuts in Tampa Bay. Uh, I, I like the Eagles, even though the trend would likely tell me to go against it. So I love the Eagles in this spot, man. I really do. I, I love them. You're absolutely right about the way they performed. I mean, they look a little broken uh, here recently. Um, they got questions on the defense, to say the least, my goodness. Um, Jalen Hurts, we can talk about, has he been hurt all year? Maybe we find that out in a couple weeks at the end of the season. Um, I got the Eagles at two and a half. Uh, on, I guess it would have been Monday. And you're right, it's sitting at, at three. And I don't know if we'll see another two and a half back on the board or not by the time we get to kickoff on Monday night. Um, but I think the public sentiment is so clear that this is like the upset pick and that the Eagles stink and all of this, and we're overinflating Tampa. And it's been a great story. I certainly didn't think the Bucks were winning the NFC South, I'll tell you that. Um, Todd Bowles deserves credit. Baker Mayfield's going to get an extension now because of it. But he's a little banged up, and they just scored nine points against Carolina last week. Nine. And let's not forget that this was a team that won a terrible NFC South. Um, and, and I just struggled to look at Tampa and think that despite the uh, the issues or the, the issues that the Eagles have, that they can still go with a home game, yes, and actually beat a team that still roster-wise is clearly the better football team. And for one game, do the Eagles win a game after this? I don't know. Probably not. Uh, but I, I love the Eagles minus two and a half. And it would not surprise me if they got out of Tampa. They win by 10 points. I'm serious. Like, I, I just feel really good about the spot where when everybody starts to go against the team and they think, oh, this is easily a team that, that's going to get upset and all that. I just, I love betting against that. Um, it just usually, you know, go back to two weeks ago. I, the Chiefs uh, suddenly were six and a half point favorites against Cincinnati. And it was the week after they lost to the Raiders and looked terrible on Christmas Day. And everybody's like, ah, oh, what are they talking about? The Chiefs have no business. Everybody, everybody's like, oh, yeah, you got to take Cincinnati. The Chiefs covered that game. It's never as easy as you think. Never as easy as you think. And I, I love Philly in this spot. And, and a, lot, a lot of it is just because of where the public is at, honestly. One other crazy stat to wrap up the show. Again, this other one from Evan Abrams over at Action Network. Baker Mayfield, this isn't as this year, but for his entire career, 15-25-1 against the spread at home. He's never finished a season above 500 against the spread at home, which ranks 117th out of 119 quarterbacks since Baker Mayfield came into the league. If you were doubting the in questioning the opportunity to take Philadelphia at their lowest point, they're still a favorite. That might be the reason to put you over the edge. All right, last one for you, Alex. I know we've gone through some of the spreads and the totals. Any other props that we have not hit on that, that you are at least considering or circled or have already bet for Super Wildcard Weekend? Yeah, you know, one is actually more of a futures market, you know, looking ahead and trying to predict a little bit of how Wildcard Weekend could go. You can already actually bet on Super Bowl MVP, which is not a market ahead of time that I normally delve in. But let's say you think the Ravens are representing the AFC. They're number one seed. They're the heavy favorites by the AFC. If the Ravens were to win the Super Bowl, I think we agree, right? The only scenario involving there is Lamar being MVP in the Super Bowl. Like, do you see any other way the Ravens can win the Super Bowl without Lamar being the MVP? Probably not, no. And so, right now, you can get Lamar at 
better value to win MVP than you can the Ravens to win the Super Bowl. Um, and I think you can get Lamar. Let's say the Ravens make it to the Super Bowl. You know, he might be minus 120 to win MVP, let's just say. And so I actually am interested. I haven't bet it yet. I'm, le- I'm, I'm leaning towards putting it in here around plus uh, 380, I think it is, for Lamar to be Super Bowl MVP. Um, and so that's that's actually a bet that I'm, I'm actually thinking about making. I like that a lot. Yeah, I and again, keep in mind, I know that there's been some some conversation about uh, uh, some other Super Bowl props that have already come out to the market that uh, you think might be voided. Uh, make sure you read the fine prints uh, and all the different sports whether you're considering for some of those. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's a really good way um, to consider it. And I also think, too, that that's always going to be an option over the next couple of weeks. You just may not get it at the, the plus 380 mark that you see it right now, but if there's a if there's a guy that you love and you think the team might be a little bit overvalued, go towards that Super Bowl MVP play. I think that's a really good play. Alex, great stuff. I appreciate you as always being a part of the show. Make sure you guys are listening to him Monday through Friday with Cody Tapp on Cody and Gold on 610 Sports Radio and also check him out at CBS Sports Radio and on the Beck2L app as well. I appreciate you, sir. Good luck with your super wild card bets. And we'll do this again soon, my friend. Be good. Thanks, man. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.